Welcome to the Stories She Sings, where we bring messages of biblical women to life through inspired songs. We hope this podcast will be a place of rest, refuge, and refreshing in the presence of God. Good morning. I am so excited to be here with you today. This is Karen Lynn Grant and the story she sings. And today, as I was pondering, what what would the Lord have me share today from my love and my passion and my experience? I, I said a little prayer and the thought came, the three miracles of Christ. And I remembered being so fascinated with Mark chapter 5 when I realized that on that day, the Lord created three amazing miracles. And I would love to share with you uh, this feeling that came to me that what if today you could co-create with Christ three beautiful miracles? In Mark chapter 5, it talks about, uh, I'm sure that we've all heard the story of when Jesus cast the evil spirit out of the angry man. And he cast this evil spirit into a herd of swine. And when we think about uh, what is an evil spirit, it can be the spirit of anger. It can be the spirit of defiance. Anything that is less than a high vibration of love, of joy, of peace, of patience, anything that is less than the gifts of the Spirit mentioned in Galatians chapter 5. And the fruits of the Spirit are these. And it talks about nine fruits or gifts of the Spirit. Patience, long-suffering, uh, godly godly confidence, faith, temperance, brotherly love, all of these beautiful gifts of the Spirit, charity, and so on. And so, Anything that is less than these beautiful gifts of the Spirit is of an opposing spirit. And so when we think of uh, the spirit of fear, of doubt, of worry, these can all be evil spirits that are just residing in our bodies. And so when this man had an angry, defiant spirit in him, and the Lord cast out, whether it was one, two, or legions, the Lord cast out these spirits into a herd of swine. And so that was a miracle that he created that day. And then he was summoned by a temple worker who worked in the synagogue. And this was a man in the, perhaps in the Sanhedrin, who was the hierarchy of the Jewish religious culture. And so, you know, how beautiful that that not everybody was against Jesus at that time. And this man named Jairus summoned Jesus and said, my daughter, my 12-year-old daughter is at the point of death and was summoning Jesus to come. Now, Jesus had already co had already created this miracle, co-created this miracle with God the Father in releasing and sending out, casting out those evil spirits into a herd of swine. And now he's on his way to bless, minister to this beautiful little 12-year-old girl. And on the way, the multitudes are pressing around him. His fame, his uh, the, the love of the people, the curiosity of the people, some are curious, some love him, some want to be healed and blessed by him. And along the way, the woman who has been 
uh, plagued with this issue of blood for 12 years. She's been to every single doctor and she has spent all of her money. And now she is found pressing through the multitude. And she thinks, if I can just touch his hem, if I can just touch his garment, I will be healed. And so we, I hope that you've heard that beautiful story that he is now touched the hem of his garment is now touched by this woman and she is healed. And he turns and says, who touched me? And she said, Lord, it is I. And these beautiful scriptures in Mark chapter five, I just would urge you to go and read the whole entire chapter because all of these miracles happen along the way. And now this woman is healed and and many people in the multitude see that. And so this is increasing the fervor of the miracles of Christ. And then he goes on to the house of Jairus. And who is in that house while there's an angry mob outside saying, you can't do this. You can't bring her back to life because now she is, she has passed. And so... The mother and the father, Peter, James, and John, are the only ones in this little home when Jesus, and you can just imagine the scene there, the little 12-year-old girl has passed. The mother is probably in tears. And so the song that I wrote for the daughter of Jairus is from the mother's perspective. Of course, the mother's perspective is not written in Mark chapter 5, but as a mother, I can only imagine what that mother was feeling, hoping and praying that Jesus would get there before she passed, before her little girl passed. And now Jesus has come and the mother fears it's too late. And yet he comes and he performs this third amazing miracle on this same day. And so this morning, as I was pondering and asking, what should the podcast be about? this radio show on this Sunday. And the thought came, wouldn't it be wonderful to get up every morning and to contemplate on the miracles that you would like to co-create with the Lord? And what if you could co-create three beautiful miracles every day? What would they be about? And I thought about the nature of these miracles, this uh, first miracle being able to help somebody to rid themselves through the faith in Jesus Christ of negative entities, sad, depressed, discouraged, angry, hurting, defiant, aberrant feelings, and being able to be a part of raising somebody's vibration back into those beautiful Galatian 5 gifts of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, brotherly kindness, long-suffering, gentleness, patience, and those beautiful nine gifts of the Spirit. And wouldn't it be wonderful to be a part of co-creating a miracle for someone who is maybe on their at their wit's end with a health issue, who just needs hope in Christ? And maybe being uh, an usher through that noisy crowd of people and voices to help direct them to the Savior, where an issue of blood, and what is an issue of blood? 
hers was a physical issue, but what if it's a family issue? What if it's a tie in the family that suffered an issue of blood can also be an issue of grief between a family member, between family members. And then on to the third miracle, somebody who has passed. Maybe this is also an emotional symbolism for somebody who has lost faith, lost hope, lost courage. And now I would like to make a confession. You know, uh, during COVID, I, I realized that I was becoming very, very comfortable in my home. I teach beautiful webinars just about daily for Joy Coaching America, teaching women how to nurture the grieving. And I have all these modules and it was just becoming so comfortable. And I don't know if anybody else felt this, but I just became so comfortable within the walls of my own home to the point where I didn't even really want to leave my home. It was just kind of nice because in my home, I can create the spirit that I want. If I don't want bad news, I don't have to turn it on. Although we did listen, we tried to follow the news for a long time. And then I found that that news was, the bad news was harming my spirit. When you have a very sensitive spirit, when you are very empathic, it's it's harmful because that worldly projection of negativity, <coughs> excuse me, that worldly pro- projection of sad and negativity and gloom and doom can really weigh upon one's heart. And so I began to have fear in my heart. And I knew this was not a high vibration. I knew these feelings of fear were not good. And so one night I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would I would worry. I would worry for my children's safety. I would worry for my friends' children. I would worry about those I'd heard that had COVID. I, and I found myself spending a lot of time in the middle of the night praying. But I wasn't releasing the fear to the Lord. I wasn't giving up those, those fears and, um, and letting the Lord have them. Instead, I was taking that fear on myself. And so... Uh, one night, recently, in the middle of the night, I uh, I woke my husband up and I said, "Will you pray with me? I need to release my fear." Oh, so sorry, my my phone just rang and on came a voice, but I'm not going to go back and correct that. Um, I just I woke my husband up and I said, "Will you pray with me? I just need to give these subtle." fears to the Lord, these worries, these feelings of consternation, because they are not positive spirits. They are not the spirit of love, joy, and peace, faith in Jesus Christ, and and brotherly kindness, and brotherly love, and gentleness, and long-suffering. This is the fear of, this is the spirit of fear. And there's a beautiful scripture in the New Testament that says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of a sound mind. And we can have faith in Jesus Christ. We do not need to be torpedoed by every bit of bad news that comes along. Hopefully there's someone out there within the sound of my voice that knows what I'm talking about. And this became, um, I was even experiencing 
baby panic attacks. Like I would hear bad news and my heart would start to flutter. And I would, and so I really felt like I can't keep this from my husband and I can't keep it from the Lord. And I, it happened so imperceptibly that I didn't even realize really that it was happening. And so that night, in the middle of the night, I held my husband's hand and I began to pray out loud. And I asked the Lord, will you please take these negative entities away? Will you release them in the name of Jesus Christ? Will you help me to lay them at the Savior's feet? Whatever these feelings of gloom and doom in the world, sadness and sorrow, I commit them unto thee. And I know that the Savior, through the atonement of Jesus Christ, can turn these feelings into happier feelings of of perfect brightness of hope and love and joy and fun. I can reclaim the spirit of fun in my life. I'm a very fun person, a happy person, a joyful person by nature. And as a little girl, I was extremely jolly and jovial. And where have those feelings gone? (laughs) And so I released all that. And I want to let you know that For me, that was like the first miracle, releasing those sad feelings, those lower vibrations, and casting them out, and letting them go, and sending them onto the light where they could be miraculously transformed. And so as I talked with my husband, I said, you know what? There's probably other people that are feeling like me that I haven't noticed or known, and maybe there's others out there that don't want to talk about it, or maybe it's not even a conscious awareness, but maybe it's just a subtle, a subtle feeling of, you know, I'm just comfortable staying in the walls of my own home. And I don't really want to get out there because it's become natural and comfort to just hibernate in my own comfort zone. And then I I thought of my husband's prostate cancer, and I thought of What if we were to persist in our prayers to prayerfully go to the Lord and ask for miracles of healing in all the ways possible, be it the Lord's will, and dedicate and consecrate all the healing of our bodies and everything that the Lord knows that's going on within our bodies, anything that is amiss, and giving that to the Lord and exercising greater faith in Jesus Christ and still doing all of the things that we should do and would do to work with the medical professionals for health and healing, but make it more of a matter of prayer, not just leaving it up to happenstance, but consciously um, taking ourselves on our knees to press forward to the Savior's hem, to touch His hem and to ask Him for the gift of of faith and love and joy and peace to, to be healed in whatever, whatsoever way God wills. And then continuing on our path, doing all within our power, because that woman did everything in her power. She went to every medical professional. She did everything in her power to be healed of her infirmity. And then I thought of the third miracle. Well, we might not all be a part of resurrecting somebody who has passed and bringing them back to life. Recently, uh, my husband and I took our grandchildren on two separate occasions, two separate sets of grandchildren, to the movie 
The Girl Who Believes in Miracles. And what a delightful movie this was. And I wanted all my grandchildren to see this movie and the childlike faith to pray and to teach my grandchildren to pray always and to have faith in the Savior Jesus Christ and to bring a dormant faith back to life. Now, we may not be, or we may, be the part of resurrecting a dead bird or bringing back a, a dog that has gotten hit by a car or whatever, whatever, you know, whatever's happening in our worlds. But what if we can be a part of resurrecting somebody's dormant faith and bringing somebody's faith back to life because we are willing to share our faith in the Savior Jesus Christ because we are willing to reach outside of our comfort zones and do all we can to edify and uplift a hurting soul who feels spiritually or emotionally nigh unto death. And so today, I wanted to share with you this concept of, Lord, I want to be about my Father's business. I want to be a part of of creatively, consciously connecting dear friends, loved ones through my faith in the miracles of Christ. And whatever I can do, however I can be a part by offering my credit card of faith, so to speak, to combine with maybe somebody else's lack of faith and reignite and reinforce a beautiful faith to raise vibration from anger, fear, sadness, to feelings of love, joy, and peace, to raise those who are sick and afflicted, to feelings of hope in Christ, and a desire to be made well, to do everything we can in behalf of our own bodies, to do all we can to self-nurture, to to go to the appropriate professionals when we need an, a, a professional, but to do everything on our, on our own that we can possibly do to take good care of our bodies. And then for those who have lost faith and who are feeling like their hearts are failing them, what can we do to bring somebody back from the brink of wanting to leave the planet or to commit suicide? What can we do to uplift others so that they can have a perfect brightness of hope in a power that is higher than themselves, in a source that is greater and brighter? I often wonder what do people do that do not have a faith in Jesus Christ or in a higher power or in a divine creator where what do they put their hope in if i had to rely on myself i would feel very small i would feel i don't believe that on my own i can do it but i do believe that if i put my faith in my savior jesus christ i can bring myself back into the light into the hope into a joyful kind of living. I would like for you to hear the song, 
that I wrote for the mother of the little girl who passed away while Jesus was helping someone in that great multitude to be healed. And I would like to share with what it might feel like to those of us who maybe our stories aren't written in scripture. A lot of those women's stories weren't written in scripture, but what might she have felt? Now, as you hear the song, you're going to hear chanting at first. And this chanting was to represent those angry voices outside of the house where the little girl was laying dead on her bed as Jesus came in. And then the song from the mother's heart. There's also a term in the song, Talita Kumi, which means little lamekins. And you may find that in, in several different translations of the Bible, when Jesus stretches forth his hand, he calls her Talita Kumi, meaning a term of endearment, little lamekins, and that is in the song as well. So I would like for you to breathe in your oils, close your eyes, and listen as you breathe in the breath of life. Her breath of life slipping past away Who is the one who can stay the hand of death? Where is the one who can give her back her breath? Who is the one? Where is the Son of God? I pray thee, sweet Jairus, bring him slipped away pleading with angels bring her back to me crying begging bargaining for my Talita Kumi pardon all my sin save her soul who is the one who can stay the hand of death where is the one who can Bring him to me. 
back to Lida Kumi. Brought her back to life, to Lida Kumi. He brought her back to life, to Lida Kumi. As we rejoin after that song, hopefully you feel relaxed and energized, breathing in essential oils, oils from the Bible, if you have them. Now I want to read to you the scriptures from Mark 5 and how you can see that one miracle leads right into the next one. And it says that, and Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him. And he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Cherish, by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done to her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her daughter, Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter's dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeth the tumult and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, but when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, and them that were with him, Peter, James, and John, and entereth in where the damsel was lying. Turn the page. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumi, 
which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightway that no man should know it and commanded that something should be given to her to eat. We can see that Jesus' miracles were connected, that he was no sooner finished with one miracle when he went on to create another. And what if our life could be full of miracles? I want to share with you from my journal a day where I felt really impressed to write of miracles. And I, when I do my scripting, I often go to the Lord with a question. And this title of this scripting, uh, scripting uh, journal entry, I entitled, Miracles Have Not Ceased. I went to the Lord, reporting in for my calling to be a peacemaker. Since feeling the Spirit persist in asking me this question, do you want to fulfill the calling to be a peacemaker? Do you want to help prepare the way for the second coming of Christ? If so, report in for your marching orders. I have come unto thee two days now in a row, getting more clear and direct in my prayers. In the process, I have learned that miracles have not ceased. And this journal entry was written on January 12th in the year 2000. That's 21 years ago. And in the past two decades plus, I have truly been endeavoring to understand my role and what the Lord would have me do. And each one of us has a purpose, calling, and a mission. And it's so exciting when we report in just like we would to an employer. But the Lord is our divine employer. And we can come in every morning and have our divine appointment and return a report to the Lord every evening and continuously, day by day, stringing our days together with divine appointments, morning and evening. And yet this morning, the thought came, what if you could be about creating three miracles a day? Well, I found this and I found this entry and it actually reports about three different miracles. And one, the first one I entitled in this journal entry, Ministering to a Woman's Feet. And I had felt impressed one morning to call a woman who was a grief coach, a grief counselor. Her name was Deanna Edwards. And some of you may have heard about her. You can Google her. She's written books. She worked with Michael Ballum in doing a beautiful grief work. And she had a foot surgery. And I felt impressed to call her and ask her if I could come and minister to her feet. And as I ministered to her feet, being a massage therapist, I was very, very careful. She'd had a foot surgery. But as I ministered to her feet, the impression came that I should pray over her feet and over the healing of her feet because she was about her father's business. And as long as it would take her to heal, it would hold her back from performing her great services that she rendered all over this country. She showed me her appointment book. She was often in Texas one day, Oklahoma the next. And years later, I found out that this dear, wonderful woman who was a grief counselor had passed away at a very young age in her early 60s. 
But one of the days that she was on my table, my massage table, she said to me, Karen, there's not enough people doing this work. Please carry on the legacy of grief coaching and this music ministry. Ministering to the mother of the groom. That very same day, I felt impressed to call a woman who was putting on a a wedding for her son, a wedding reception. I asked her if I could come to her home and give her a massage. And while I was ministering to her, I could see the weariness in her eyes. She reported to me that she didn't have enough help and that she couldn't afford to, to do this wedding in a grandiose way where she could pay for all the hired help that she would need. And so as I ministered to her through massage, I felt very impressed to tell her the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus, and how she was in charge of the wine at the wedding feast, wherein Christ performed his first miracle. I felt impressed to share with her that she could pray and ask for the miracle of people to be risen up to help her and to bless her, to help her through the creation of this beautiful wedding reception, and that the Lord would indeed send people to help her. Days later, she reported with a happy voice over the phone, people are coming and people are asking. And I felt joyful that miracles were being created in her behalf. Now, the third miracle happened the following Saturday. And this was with a woman who was coming and getting a massage every Saturday morning. And I could tell this one particular Saturday morning at 7.30 a.m. at her every Saturday morning time, she was very discouraged. She had reported to me that she had a shooting pain in her back from an injury that she had in a car accident many, many, many years before. And she was planning on getting a surgery. But she reported that she was very afraid that this was a very delicate surgery and that if anything went wrong, it could leave her paralyzed. And she knew that that could be one of the outcomes of this surgery. So she was considering not having it, but she was in so much pain. She felt just like she was just deliberating back and forth. While I was giving her her massage, I felt very impressed to pray for her. And as I prayed for her, I thought about the Savior Jesus Christ as I knew him. I knew him to be a loving counselor. I knew him to be a comforter. I knew him to be one that could raise people from the dead, Lazarus. But what I had never known before and what was so impressed upon my heart and mind was a visual image of the Savior Jesus Christ being a great physician. And as I prayed for her, I saw that her physician, if we prayed for him, that his hands would be skilled and gifted with the gift of the Savior's hands being used almost as if it were like uh, gloves, using the mortal physician's hands like gloves, that the Savior could enter in and perform that surgery, that delicate surgery. When she rose up from the table, I encouraged her to continue in mighty prayer and to ask for the surgeon, the Savior Jesus Christ, to perform that surgery through her physician, through her surgeon. After the surgery, she reported that after that experience, she felt very assured 
and excited to get the surgery, that the fear had all departed and that the surgery had been a sweet success and the shooting pain was gone from her spine and from her back. All of these instances, I had just urged these people to go to the Lord, uh, to, to be a part of the miracles in the creation process, wasn't to do them in my name, but to pray for each one of these individuals, the woman who had had a foot surgery, the woman who had to prepare a huge wedding reception for hundreds of people, and the woman who was going to get a surgery that was frightened about the outcome. And and as I read this in my journal this last week, I was so excited because I remembered how co-creating miracles with the Savior is such an exciting thing to do. And I felt so inspired this morning that I needed to share that with you, that we can pray every day, Lord, who stands in need of a miracle? of turning sad, anxious feelings into joyful, happy, anticipatory, enthusiastic, willing, eager feelings to do the next phase of their life. Lord, who stands in need of a blessing of healing? Can I pray for them? Can I submit my faith as an offering so that they can have a bolstered amount of faith to be healed? Lord, who is hurting? emotionally? Who is grieving the loss of a loved one? Lord, I may not even know these people. I may read about them on Facebook or hear about them in the news, but I can submit my faith as an offering to help co-create miracles for people around the world. And I got so excited this morning to share this with you, to share this opportunity that instead of letting our thoughts run rampant, with fears of the future or worries about what's going to happen next in our government or in our state or in our community or in our personal levels on a home and family level, why not submit our hearts and offer our hearts and our minds to be a playground for the Lord to absolutely exercise the gift of faith, to be healed, to be blessed, to be uplifted, to be have our emotions raised to vibrations of joy and love and peace. As I do these podcasts, I have to tell you that it keeps me on my toes because constantly throughout the week, I am preparing for the next podcast and asking the Lord, what would you have me talk about? Is there somebody out there in the range of of my voice whose heart stands in need of a message that perhaps I have experience with? And I can deliver. And this week, as I experienced those fears, uh, what's going to happen next in the country? What's going to happen next with the virus? What's going to happen next? Really, the beautiful release that I had from fear and the excitement to, to reconnect to my laughing child, my hopeful child. And you can go back to uh, the podcast called the reclaiming the cherished child or awakening the cherished child. Go back and listen to that podcast and reconnect to the little child within, the singing child, the laughing child, the joyful child, the faith-filled child, the gentle child, the patient child, all of these beautiful gifts of the Spirit. We can 
have an upsurge in our faith, and we can be a part of co-creating miracles. And we can start little. We can start for ourselves, and we can start for members of our own family. And then we can think a little bit outside of the box, and we can think about who in my community, who did I hear about on Facebook that I may not even know that person specifically, but I might be able to add my faith and co-create a miracle for that person too. Or is there a friend that I need to reach out to? During COVID, when my husband and I experienced it in December, a very dear friend of mine from high school, my best friend from high school, reached out to me. She began texting me just about every day, checking in on us. And our friendship has been rekindled since that time as I felt so loved. I wasn't seeing friends in the neighborhood. We had moved to a new home. I didn't even know people in my neighborhood. But I had a best friend that was reaching out to me across the miles, not even in the same state, texting me, telling me her experience, things that she had done to help ease the discomfort that she and her husband had been through during COVID. And she co-created a miracle with Christ for us. She gave me hope in the middle of the night. And there were times when I was taking care of my husband when I was really frightened. And yet there was another beautiful text message from Sandy where she sent me such sweet words and gifts of the Spirit to encourage me along the way. And so maybe one of the miracles you can create today is to reach out to a dear old friend and become a support system, become a part of their support system, find out what's going on in their life and what's really happening and what's what in what way can we serve and bless those we love. I send love to all those who I loved so dearly and deeply, those dear best friends in high school, Rochelle and Jenny and Sandy and Karen and women that I love to this day, 40-something years later, but I want to be a part of their lives, co-creating miracles for them. So as we move into the next song, I'm going to play for you the song about the woman who had an issue of blood. And this song became a very personal experience for me as I, in 2013, when I wrote this song, found out and had to go and be administered to the hospital with pernicious anemia and receive a quart of blood. And a beautiful dream that I had thereafter about after receiving that four pints of blood, that I came home and had an experience where I learned more about the Savior Jesus Christ and the beautiful blood transfusion, the energy transfusion, the gift of His pure love, the filling of our hearts with the pure love of Christ, that we can be filled, that our fears can be released, that we can be refilled, rebooted, reignited with hope in the future, faith in the future, and the pure love of Christ to go about creating miracles with him for those we love. This is Karen Lynn Grant with the story she sings. We'll be right back after this song.
was weary, I was dying Fears bleeding deep within My heart bowed in shame and sorrow I crawled on my knees to him I felt my breath was halting My heart felt oh so faint I must press on through the multitude To reach and touch his hem The crowd was pressing towards him When I fell down to my knees My heart beating oh so faintly My rhythm failing me I was lagging in the multitude Beyond the strong and brave Falling on life's wayside In a shallow, nameless grave I knew his love could heal the weary My faith could heal my soul I knew the virtue in his lifeblood Could make a broken vessel whole If I must fall, crawl on my knees When no man knew my name My pace falling, my voice calling I must reach and touch your hand I felt the joy of his transfusion Transformation filled my soul Pure love and sweet profusion Virtue surging made me whole I could run and not grow weary Sing and dance, not grow faint I had dreamed of this one moment When I'd reach and touch his hem
his hem during a time when I had just been coming back to life. And after that blood transfusion, the dream that I had, I dreamt that I was laying in a hospital bed and there was a cluster of doctors surrounding me. And they were whispering among themselves and I could hear what they were saying. They were saying that I needed a complete transfusion. And in the dream, I saw a beautiful physician step forward from that circle and it was the savior and he was all dressed in white and he spoke to me as I lay there in that hospital bed in that vision and he said what is needed is a complete transfusion and there is only one who can give you that transfusion Karen it is only I your Savior, Jesus Christ, who can give you a complete transfusion from darkness into light, from sorrow into joy, from health into great abundance of liveliness from sickness. And as I listened in that dream to those words, the thought came to my mind, when you come out of this experience, It will be your mission to bear testimony of the atonement of Jesus Christ and that he is able to perform transfusions of heart, mind, body, and spirit, that he can take someone who has no will to live and reignite, resurrect in them a beautiful will to live, that he can take someone who is on the brink of death and if it is not their time, he can bring them back into health. I was promised that every cell of my body would be healed and made whole. And that when that would occur, when that healing would occur, that I would know that it was through the love of God and the Savior Jesus Christ that I had been made whole and brought to a full recovery. I am so grateful for this opportunity to share Uh, these songs, these witnesses of Christ, these gifts of the Spirit that I have been blessed with. We don't have all the gifts. I don't have all of your gifts. And so I am so grateful when I can share a gift, like one of the songs or some of my experience with you, and know that there are those of you out there who are very dear friends of mine who have gifts of the spirit that I rely upon too, and that you co-create with Christ miracles in my life. And I am so grateful for the miracles that I receive because of the gifts of the spirit that my dear friends have. I do believe that as we come unto the Lord every morning in our divine appointments, and we do our scripting, our journaling, our journal keeping, our record keeping, that if we will write down these miracles, that there's a beautiful scripture that says, they who receiveth shall be given more. 
If we take and keep a good account, a good accounting of the miracles that we become privy to and a part of, I do believe that the Savior Jesus Christ will allow us to be instruments in His hands and to experience even more miracles and to be a witness of many miracles in the lives of dear friends, family, in our communities, in our states, and in our world. As I leave you today, I hope that you will go to the show notes and feel prompted to look at the questions. I hope that you will uh, feel excited to maybe even go online and look for the CD that these two songs came off of. It's called A Joyful Heart, 12 Extraordinary Women of the New Testament. And on that CD are songs that I've written as I have put myself into the place of each one of these women. The woman at the well, the woman who poured perfumed oil on the Savior's feet, the woman who had the alabaster box, all of these different songs. And I will be back in the month of May with more stories and songs from the crowning jewel, which are the matriarchs and mentors from the Old Testament, the women, the mothers who learn to love the Lord their God with all their heart, might, mind, and strength, as well as these women in the New Testament that got to walk and talk with the Savior. As I leave you today, I would love to play a song for you to just let you get in your cozy place and to lean back with your eyes closed and to just simply visualize yourself being ministered to, being loved, being adored by the Savior Jesus Christ. And so I close this session with a last song. And that last song is a song that I that I wrote last and put first on a Joyful Heart CD. As I had finished 11 songs for that CD, that new CD, A Joyful Heart, I prayed. I The thought came to me, I wonder if Jesus ever sang. And so the thought came, go look it up in the scriptures. And so I did. I looked it up in the scriptures and found that on the way to Calvary, Jesus sang a hymn with his disciples. Now, can you imagine the beautiful voice of the Savior Jesus Christ? There isn't time to play the whole song in this episode, but as this episode ends, it ends with this song that includes the essential oils of hyssop and jasmine and cypress and fir and just kind of a chronological report of his life spoken through the gifts of essential oils. So we will play a portion of this song and end this podcast today, co-creating miracles with Christ. Ask Him, can I be a part of creating a miracle with you today? And then we can work ourselves up to two miracles and three miracles and more miracles happening all simultaneously, perhaps overlapping all at the same time. This is Karen Lynn Grant with The Stories She Seems. Wise men came with frankincense to anoint a newborn king. With tears of mud, the gift for her, a gift fit for the queen. As a child so meek, so mild, with crown of his a
Of his up to be dipped, still blow. 